The following podcast is a Rotten Corpse Radio production. Thank you for turning in to Rotten Corpse Radio. Only here on RottenCorpseRadio.com as well as SoundCloud.com, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. If I forgot anything, I'm not even going to bother to go back and mention it because it doesn't really matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> I do thank you for tuning in. And this episode is a back-to-back interview with Jamie Ortiz from The Sci-Files. And he's going to kind of go into uh, science fiction as well as a little bit of horror, a little crossover. You know the drill. I mean, if you found this podcast, you obviously love our content. And we greatly appreciate you listening every single week to all of our different programming. And this first interview is with a fellow by the name of David J. Sherman. Uh, He's a part of the 501st Legion in Oregon. If you're not sure what that is, it's a Stormtroopers Legion, a group of men dressed up as Stormtroopers ready to take the back of Lord Vader or whoever might be in command. I mean, it's Kylo Ren now. You know, like Snoke, who knows? I mean, we're just kind of throwing them all out there. But anyway, uh, David is a part of that group as well as the Portland Ghostbusters and the Superheroes Coalition. If that wasn't enough, all the different places you could find this guy, I mean, he is everywhere. If you want to give him a follow, uh, you can find him at TK8992 on Facebook and social media. Um, he is also a part of the West Coast Wrestling Connection as a television producer. And God, he has got some he's got some pretty cool accolades here. And he'll talk about everything that he's involved with here in this interview with Jamie. And Jamie can also be found at J-A-I-M-E-Y Ortiz. O-R-T-I-Z on Twitter. And um, if you if you find him on Facebook, you know, I mean, give him a friend request. He might actually accept it. Uh, <laughs> and this is a pretty cool interview. And like I said, he just kind of goes into all the different things um, related. And when we ran into David, as you can see in the, in the episode um, picture, uh, when we ran into him, he was actually dressed up in his full Ghostbusters outfit. He actually talks about his... Um, he actually talks about the suit that he's wearing as well. So, and now, David J. Sherman. Okay, this is Jamie from Rotten Corpse Radio, formerly from the Sci Files, and I am talking with David Sherman. And I'm a Ghostbuster as part of the Portland Ghostbusters and the uh, Portland Superheroes Coalition. And how many other things did you say you were involved in? Because you mentioned one, and then you just kept going yeah, on so with the... Uh, the Heroes Coalition, uh, the 501st Legion, Plot City Garrison, Star Wars Oregon, um, Portland Ghostbusters, indirectly, I haven't done a lot with them in a while. 
I just dropped a lot of weight to get back in my costume, so <laughs> I've yeah. been kind of on hiatus working on different projects, and so it's been nice to get back into costume again. But I'm primarily Darth Vader, so I do Darth Vader as part of 501st Legion. You've uh, got to cross these, the two costumes People out. ask me that all the time about taking bits and pieces, and I've done uh, a Stormtrooper as Batman, because I do a pretty much every version of Batman. So I did a Stormtrooper as Batman. I've done Batman Freddy and Freddy Batman. Uh, Freddy Krueger, of course, they do a lot of horror characters. And, uh, we're also involved with the uh, Nightmare Factory in Salem. So oh, cool. It's the house of the Oregon School for the Deaf. So we've invented our own horror characters that, that work there. Um, just always into this. It's a lot of fun. Nice. So, conventions, yeah. It's not like an excuse to wear a costume because we do it all the time, but it's an excuse to wear costumes we don't normally wear on a regular basis. So. Yeah, and since we're a radio show, nobody actually can see what it is you're wearing, but could you tell us a little bit about what you've got on sure. and what it can do, what it took to actually put this together? I know you've got a funny story or two. Oh yeah, so I'm wearing a full screen accurate Ghostbusters 1984 uniform with proton pack, uh, ghost trap, PKE meter, ecto goggles, the whole deal. <laughs> so the pack itself I built, the rest are Mattel's so and Mattel replica props that go with it, but the pack I built from a vacuum plastic shell and then I add all the little components into myself. Uh, I did all the wiring, so I got a little chip that plays MP3 files when you hit switches on the, the wand, and it's all running through Cat5 cable that I just wired off. Um, the lighting is all ind independent little wiring circuits that I put together. I actually bought a really nice Arduino-based system that has animated lights and sounds, and it's all really advanced. I just didn't want to tear this thing apart again. So I, got this, I put it together probably about seven years ago or so. Um, I lost track of like how long it's been. <laughs> but the uniform and everything, if you go to gbfans.com, that's where there's access to a lot of the stuff that you need to part together the suits. And a lot of people have been asking all day, like, where do you get stuff? So GB Fans is a great resource for that. Same thing with the Star Wars costumes. We have the 501st Legion, so there's Cloud City Garrison forms. Um, each of them have detachments for different costume, you know, the reference libraries. So, yeah, that's cool. But all the groups that we're involved in are all charity-based. So everything we do, we do uh, hospital visits for children. Uh, we go to an annual hospital. Um, I forget the name of the one we just did recently, but down in Eugene, several different visits. So, and of course, the superhero coalition is Batman. We am oh, the Salem cool. Knight, so I'm not Batman. I'm the Salem Knight. Um, to Got avoid one uh, question, I know sure. everybody who sees this this uniform has to have running through their head. What is the hose for? Oh, th yeah, uh, you probably don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's it, what we it, all... <laughs> it's there because it was there in the movie, but it's there because the flight uniforms they used are actually for, like, F-15 fighter pilots. So when they're up in the plane, you don't have a restroom to go to. So the hose uh -huh. is the You know the, the secret of the hose. The scene. Yes. <laughs> so it's uh, definitely a catheter-based system. Oh, <laughs> God, uh, out. For emergencies when you're flying a plane. For the now I know why use. they uh, had the look on their face in yeah. the movie. Now especially what's funny when is they... accurately it should be yellow. Some yeah. people go with the clear. In the movie it kind of varied based on the scene, but it's mostly mm -hmm. yellow. Yeah, yeah I kind of noticed that. Yes. I guess it turned yellow after one of the yeah. um, actors used it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of funny little details that until you really research the funny thing like this. This. So what I'm pointing to for audio. It's actually, uh, usually it's a Casio calculator that's been modified to turn into some sort of a uh, uh, 
uh, energy sensor that they have, and they never use it, it's just on the belt in the movie. So this actually was something I ripped out of an old VCR. If it's close, it's not accurate, but it's close. Um, so a lot of people like to be 100% accurate, and I strive for that when I can, but the nice thing about a Ghostbusters costume, if you have details that look like they were out of the 80s, they fit. <laughs> so you, nice. there's a lot of flexibility with the groups. Whereas in the 501st Legion, we're screen accurate. We actually go through an approval process. It's focused on the proof. So we definitely go through to make sure we're 100% screen accurate, as close as possible. There's different levels of accuracy, but there's minimum requirements. Um, most of the, like the Superhero Coalition, that's kind of an open group for any type of character that's kind of a pop culture-based character. So we have we have custom-made Muppets. We've got uh, every superhero you can think of. Uh, we've got villains. I actually also play the Joker in that, but nobody ever requests the Joker for like charity events, so I haven't done that. Yeah, and what exactly do you do with the charity events? I mean, what do you benefit? Well, for us, it's all volunteer. Yeah, Everything but what are the volunteer. charity groups? Benefit. Um, I mean, we raise money for Dornbecker. So, for example, the 501st here at the uh, convention today is taking cash donations, which gets sent directly to Dornbecker's Children's Hospital. We also work for Children's Miracle Network and Make-A-Wish. So, a lot of times we volunteer our time to go there to, to help, you know, make kids smile, basically. But a lot of times at events like this, we're taking pictures of people. We do stuff at Costco, so the Costco members come up and then they pay a donation. It's all volunteer for us, and it's all on. We can do it for free, but they can donate. And, uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, so what, what they typically do is they collect the cash and then it's either written directly as a check to the to the uh, fundraiser itself uh, or to the charity itself. So typically it's the Dornbecker's Children's, I think it's called the Children's Fund. There's a specific fund that it's written to uh, to make sure it goes directly to the children. Um, but yeah, all the, all the events, Superhero Coalition primarily raises money which goes towards buying toys that relate to the characters that we visit at the hospital, and then we hand out the toys to the kids. So, cool. 100%. We don't, we don't take gas money even. It's all volunteer. Oh, wow. So we build our costumes, we go out and volunteer our time, and it's all about helping children kind of you know, enjoy the, the time they have. Nice. So. But for me, that, I, I was actually a 320-pound guy that loved Batman, and I dropped over 100 pounds to wear a Batman suit, and it was all motivated by this, and it was like, I want to be Batman. You need to get you a Batman suit, right? For, well, for me, like, I saw the 89 Batman movie in the theater day one, and I remember walking out of there going, I want to I be Batman, I want to have that suit someday. And so I worked really hard, and it was actually 2008 where I put together my first Batman suit. And I currently own a screen-used Michael Keaton suit from the 1989 film, which I acquired wow. two years ago. And like, I never expected to actually have that opportunity as a kid. I thought, oh, I'll build a replica suit. Now you've got, got one of the real ones. I have one of the real ones, which is going to be down at Yukon in November. So it'll be on display down there. Um, so you managed to squeeze into that one once in a while? Oh, never. It, it's so fragile. It's literally oh. 30 years old now. The cowl is starting to crumble. It's all foam latex. So really? It's, it's in pretty rough shape. The body is okay. The body armor, the cape is like fantastic. The cowl is crumbling a little bit. The gloves look fantastic because they're leather. The boots were Nikes that were customized for the movie. So you have to treat the leather with like some leather right. treatment once in a while. I haven't while. done anything to it because I'm kind of afraid to damage it any further. So I've kept it very protected. And I've been yeah. in contact with a company called Tom Spinner Designs. They do restorations on foam latex and movie props. So I've got a couple quotes and I'm hoping to raise enough money to actually restore this because it's a piece of history. Oh, hell yeah. And it's like, if I can't afford to do it, I want to find a collector that can't afford to do it. And as much as I want to own that suit, 
I would like somebody who can afford to restore it so it doesn't further deteriorate. So I, I have a couple people that I've shared uh, in confidence certain details so they know it's authentic and they've tested it out. So it's likely that at some point I'll probably have to sell it to somebody to get it restored properly because I don't want it to deteriorate on my watch. It's already in bad enough shape as it is just from being stored improperly for years. Damn. But, it's a pretty cool thing, and I really wanted to have it in display so I could actually take it around to conventions. Also, as part of the fundraiser, allow people to take pictures with it and donate to the fundraiser. And truly, like, for me, that's helping people is like the biggest thing that I do. And I, of course, being a creative guy, love to wear costumes, so it's a nice mix of things. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I didn't expect that detail oh. to come out, and <laughs> I do believe we are running short of time. Sure. So well, it was. Really yeah, it was nice yes. talking with yeah. you, and we'll have this posted sometime in the future. We're not sure quite when, but probably within two to three weeks. Okay. okay. Thank you. If you're still listening, I applaud you. It's amazing, amazing that you were still here. Here on Rotten Corpse Radio, on this this episode of the, of the Sci Files, and Jamie is once again in the interviewer's chair, or in the in the host chair, interviewing our next guest, um, who happens to be Rocky Smith. He is the man behind the Northwest Ghost Tours and the Oregon Ghost Conference that we have here in Seaside. And he is kind of involved with all sorts of different things uh, related to the supernatural. And you should definitely check out this interview. Uh, He talks about that at length. Um, And if you want to know a little bit more about David, uh, you can find him on Facebook at Oregon Ghost Conference as well as at northwest spelled out uh, ghost tours on facebook and twitter so give him a follow and check out his stuff and he's this is a, a pretty interesting interview all to itself and as it should be and i mean like the world of the supernatural is very bizarre and um, very surreal place and whether you choose to step into it or not it's entirely up to you and this interview kind of helps us you know kind of see a different bird's eye view of what we're looking at you know as far as that goes and his love and support of this genre and of um and of actual like um paranormal investigation is very cool and and of course we here at the sci files are really really big into this so without further ado here's jamie's interview with rocky smith well, we'll just pick up with sounds. Okay, you were saying that you've gone ghost hunting with other groups and... Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's a lot of local Portland groups. Um, at the ghost conference that we hold in Seaside, we probably have about 40 different groups that come together every year. Um, a lot from Seattle, Tacoma area. Um, we've got groups that come up from California and Idaho. Um, so, um, you know, I probably have a core group of friends in Portland that have, you know, three or four different groups. Um, so I think, I don't know why Portland area doesn't have so many paranormal groups. It definitely has a haunted history more than some other cities. But it, I think it's more uh, to do with the people in Portland are just so used to that kind of thing happening maybe. that they just don't feel the need to investigate <laughs> maybe it. Maybe that's like, it. Oh, yeah, go to that cemetery, (laughs) wait around this time. Oh, yeah, you get an autograph. Right. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. that might might be true. Um, Because there is such a a rich history here. 
Um, and I'm from Oregon City, which was essentially the first territorial capital. So you have you know, cities like Seattle or Portland or um, even cities like San Francisco that were directly tied to Oregon City, which is shocking because Oregon City is a town of about 32,000 people now. It's a suburb of Portland. Um, but at the you know time that um, Oregon City was becoming a city in the 1840s, um, Portland was a suburb. Um, of Oregon City, and so um, yeah, a lot of those changed. big cities had connections to that early history, pioneer history, um, and also the Native American history too, which is really strong in the Northwest. So um, the ghost tours have kind of led to the ghost conference, which is in Seaside, and that Seaside also has a lot of amazing um, history um, tied to uh, the Native history. Um, but also all the shipwrecks and various other stories of, oh, yeah. of the coast. So when you do involve yourself with the ghost hunting, do you use any specific instrumentation or do you just go by a feeling? I or? don't. I, I mean, I have some equipment. Do you hide um, behind a camera and hope they know what you're doing? <laughs> I don't even do that. I, I, you know, so a lot of groups definitely are relying on technology and bring tons of equipment. Um, one that's just a headache in terms of packing a bunch of stuff around and it's also expensive. Um, I tend to have a pretty good feeling walking into a place just in my gut whether there's something there or not. I can feel it. Um, so I tend to not bring a bunch of equipment around. I, I, I'm more... I don't like to investigate haunted places as a job. I don't want to do a report. I'm not trying to prove anything necessarily. I'm, I'm really interested in my own kind of exploration. What What is causing these things to happen? Um, what, what is the history connected to this place? Mm -hmm. That's what I find interesting. Oh, um, I, I definitely find that very interesting yeah. too. I also find it very interesting how far the technology they're using has advanced. Right. Me, I, I've seen it go from people using digital cameras to full spectrum cameras as well as I tend to be the person who goes, oh yeah, point your camera there and take a picture, sure right. enough. Right. Like, how do you do that? I'm like, how do you not see it? It's kind of hit, hit and miss for me. I'll see things out of the corner of my eye or I will be able to kind of describe what I'm feeling um, kind of in my mind, but um, I've also been in, in uh, haunted places, one of which I can think of is the Queen Mary in, in Long Beach. Oh, that must um, fun. Which is amazing. And I was on a tour where, you know, I was probably one of like 20 people, and everyone on the tour was seeing this figure of this guy kind of looking down at us. And as hard as I tried, I couldn't see it. Everyone saw it. Um, but I had some block or something that I could, I, you know, hmm. I wanted to see it, everyone else was seeing it, but I just couldn't see it. So I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, well, you know, then you have this thing, well, when one person sees they say something, then, you know, a lot of other people join on the bandwagon. They may not necessarily be seeing the same thing, but they like to be part of the group, and so they're like, oh yeah, I see it too. And, um, I've seen one smoking a cigarette in the cemetery. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
like, okay, so you can bring your bad habits with you. <laughs> it's not going to harm you much more now, right? It's kind of... Yep. I'm like thinking, yeah, they say cigarettes will kill you, but if you're already dead, what, what the hell? Enjoy. Right. So what brings you here to Comic-Con? Oh, I'm here with um, Rotten Corpse Radio. I'm supposed oh, okay. to be, yeah, I'm supposed to be here representing the site files, interviewing vendors and cosplayers so Very that we cool. can build our site, build our recognition, see how many other local things we can bring with us. Awesome. I mean, we can bring you some recognition. We hope that you'll bring us some. Absolutely. Well, you should also take information. Maybe you can come out to the the ghost conference too. <laughs> Carrying so many cards, I'm starting to I know. forget People where they came me. from. People keep asking me for bags. I ran out of my cards and flyers to hand out. Uh, I think That's halfway through thing. the first day. <laughs> Yeah, I had to get a bunch of new stuff printed because I was short and I, I, I knew Comic-Con was coming, but it was like a week before. I was like, oh no, that's next weekend and I hadn't done any printing, so I had to go get a bunch of stuff done and it was all done in time. But Yeah, this is my first Comic-Con. Oh really? My yeah. third um, as a vendor, so I, I enjoy it. A lot of, lot of um, people watching. There are some interesting people. Interesting costumes. Oh, you like my costume? Yeah. I came as me. See, I come to Comic-Con. <laughs> if you come to Comic-Con, it makes you feel normal. You know, some of you just look at everyone else and like, oh, I am normal, actually. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I figure if I start coming to the Comic-Cons and stuff, eventually other people will cosplay as me. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yep. Hey, one can dream, right? That's right. And I swear I seen somebody else in your exact same outfit earlier. Or <laughs> Maybe. I know. And these kids come up to the table and they're like, is that you? And then they think like I'm like a celebrity or something. So I'm a I'm, teacher. I told my students if they came to Comic-Con this weekend, I would be doing free autographs. So. Cool. So far, I've only done two. <laughs> I'm just waiting for somebody to ask me for mine because people well, can I have intermittently look at me like I'm somebody who's <laughs> famous. So I just want them to ask it's so I know who they think I am. Right? <laughs> I have a UV allergy. So ultraviolet it's light. It's the sunglasses. Yeah, the ultraviolet light really hurts They're my like, eyes. Oh, he's cool. Who's that I guy? I guess that must be it, but <laughs> yeah. So I take these off, I can't see, and these oh, really? lights just it's literally so burn yeah. my eyes. It is bad. All right, let's see. You gotta get this. You got a pen? Autograph. I'll give you my autograph. Just remember, one day it won't be worth anything. I know. We appreciate the listen, and I do thank you for uh, tuning in this week. Uh, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us at Rotten Corpse ENT. Um, eventually, we will switch it to at Rotten Corpse Radio. Actually, if you just type that into most of your social media outlets, you will find it there. And thank you very much for tuning into this episode, supplemental episode of the Sci Files. We'll be back again in a couple weeks. Be on the lookout. We are going to be. Uh, doing some press here at this year's um Komoracon, uh, which is the anime uh which is the anime we're going to be doing press at the Komoracon this year um which is going to be at the oregon convention center um 
and that is our premier anime uh, con- or convention that we have here in Oregon every single year. And we'll be kind of opening up the cans of worms as far as sci-fi and horror goes in the world of anime, and we're going to be covering as much of that as humanly possible. Uh, so stay tuned for all those episodes that are coming up in the later month of this October, as well as our yearly Halloween episode that we do every single year. And 